If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 165. Suns fan here with the Cinder Man himself. How are you, friend? I. I'm good, Shannon. I'm, uh, I'm just marvelous. I'm so glad to hear you look very refreshed. I'm sure you had a really nice night of sleep. Uh, we'll yeah, talk- I think I slept like five hours. It was pretty good. Uh, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I went to bed pretty late, and I had to get up a little bit earlier than usual because... Susie's going to an event, so I'm taking care of the dog. Oh. So I did the morning walk today. Onion and Cinderin solo time, huh? That's nice. This is this is why I look more awake, is simply because I went up earlier and I've been outside. Okay. It's not because I'm more awake. Obviously. Than usual, really. Okay, we're gonna go off on a slight tangent here. Uh-huh. Obviously, we love our significant others, yes? Yes. Is there a part of you? God, my wife is gonna listen to this and get very upset potentially. Is there a part of you that is happy to have them gone just for a few days to enjoy the company of your pet or pets in my case? I, like, I'm not saying I would want that all the time. Mm-hmm. I fucking love, I didn't do any of that today because I was doing some very important stuff, which we'll get to love hanging out with the cats because when she's gone, they come to me to cuddle. Oh, they come to me for food. They come to me for everything, Cinderin. I love them. And you thrive on that. That's right. Uh, I mean, alone, alone time can be nice uh, to an extent, right? Um, That's right. But I, if I'm being brutally honest, I wouldn't say it's in particular because I'm alone with my dog that that is what I'm happy about. But like, I think for everyone, it's just a very normal thing, right? That sometimes it's nice to just be a bit on your own. Because you can focus on other things, like it's like a change of pace, which is nice once in a while. That's but right. As far as because the dog depends on me and me alone, I wouldn't say that gives me like extra joy or whatever. Um, I find great pleasure in their need I, for me. I can I can tell you love that your cats depend on you. Um, I I don't know if it's different with cats versus dogs either. Probably not. That's probably well, just a me thing. You need, I can just leave them be all day as well and ignore them. You know? Yeah, I guess that's the different part, right? Is that they're more independent. So mm-hmm. if you're alone with a dog, especially a dog of this breed, it means you have more chores, right? So I can't just be like, whatever, I'll just chill and be on my own and they can come to me. True. Uh, he kind of needs like three to four walks a day. Um, so I have to take care of that. So. Okay. Well, that's a very interesting conversation. Glad we had it. Uh, Absolutely. Let's talk about our beautiful patrons in the In Bruges tier. And you have decided, because of my long 14-plus-hour streaming session, uh, that you will yeah. read the whole list to save me. That's pretty incredible, actually, that you stream for 14 hours. I think that's about my personal record, actually, for longest stream. I've never done a 24-hour stream, believe it or not, even though it was very trendy. I never did it. 
Yeah, it sounds miserable, um, honestly, especially when you get older. Uh, it's not for everybody, I think. Yeah, the older you are, the harder it is as well, I can assure you. All right, let's uh, let's shout out some patrons. Lab Dota, Freezy TM, Yatoro does it again, Sinner. Dude, he's been doing it again for like four months now. you got to change your name at some point. A Scorpy, Obi-Wan cannot blow me anymore as my heart belongs to Sinarin. Mr. Stark, I don't feel too good about PGL's ad. What is the meaning of life? Answer me, please. 42. Oscar Seeker, if you flipped the map north to south, would anything change? No, you would just be flipping a map. The world would still be the same. Roundy 3, the P stands for please. Valve, please give marketing. You'll have done a good job when my grandma learns of Dota from the news. Disco Farm D, I am once again asking you to say my name. Simple Stooge, Silly Stooge, Salacious Stooge, Sadistic Stooge, Scathing Stooge, Sen. Probably Scintillating Stooge or something. Milan, Miami, the Mega Pope. We say things that do not mean anything, so thanks for listening. TI in New Zealand. Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man. Yes, sweet. Toujours. Oh. Can we get Seb blah, blah, blah? Oh, that's different. Good. Ben I Broomhead see. can't believe they didn't do Faceless Rex for the Arcana. Wooden Aftertaste. Anonymous. And finally, Peter Pablo Picasso died only around 50 years ago in 1973. Niebling. One of the least interesting facts, I think. Yeah, I was, was going <laughs> to say, that, that, that one feels different than the it other does. one. It does. It really He's does. He's running out of material. We need to inspire him. Yeah, it's possible that that is true. Uh, we appreciate you guys, though. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, first things first. We actually have quite a few topics we need to get to. Uh, I had one of the best days in recent memory mm -hmm. for two reasons. One okay. is the Ability Arena launch, which we'll talk about after this. The second, Robert Sarver, the guy we've been talking about, the owner of the Suns. I, I forget where we left off, but... Uh, some players, like our point guard Chris Paul tweeted about him, LeBron James tweeted about him, a couple sponsors backed out, one of the co-owners, uh, well I shouldn't say backed out, they threatened to back out if he remained an owner, and the second highest minority owner or whatever also came out with a strong statement saying he wants him to leave. Alright, Basically, that's quite the roster. Two weeks later now, as of today, or technically yesterday now, Robert Sarver will be selling the team. Good. I cannot tell you. It's not... Okay, I know obviously the stuff he's been doing is bad. And I'm not trying to make light of that. Because this is like the last two years we've been hearing like specifics about it. So it's like almost old news. Because I've known... Like we've known he's a piece of shit for a while. But just as an owner, he's been terrible. Just everything. Just absolutely awful for 20 plus years. So... Yeah, it's going to take a few months at the very least, uh, but the Suns will sell for a lot of money. It's a very desirable free agent location. Players love living in Phoenix. Uh, the season is during uh, the nice weather time. So when they're off, they go somewhere else. They don't have to be in the heat. It's actually very, oh. it's a very, it's five hours from LA in terms of driving, one hour flight. Mm -hmm. Same with Vegas. So I think we're going to sell for quite a bit. And I know some people are kind of scared that the new owner might move us to another city. Very. I was going to say the new owner would be even worse. It, <laughs> I mean, possible? yeah. It's unlikely we ever get moved because it is, like I said, a very good location. But then the last thing, the thing I'm hoping for, Cinder, and the same thing that the, mm -hmm. the Clippers have, uh, I want a very rich owner that's not afraid to spend money. Because Robert Sarver, 
is I I could be wrong, maybe the least wealthy of all the owners in the NBA. Like oh. he, he has like let's say eight hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money, but yes. But Steve Ballmer has like twenty billion, right? There's a big difference mm-hmm. there. So he's very, very cheap. So okay. that I'm very ecstatic about. I haven't gotten to read up too much about it because of the other news, which will we go to now? Ability Arena is now out, Cinderin. Uh we had our tournament, which we can talk about first, I suppose. You took part in that. Yep. And let me find the exact results here. Oh, it was, don't bring it back up. It was actually really hype. So, if you guys remember, I said that Cinder was going to do terribly. I actually did think this. I wasn't like Mimi. I thought you would do not very well. Cinderin was a breath of fresh air. What a great performance. Game one, first place. Game two, first place. Game three, second place. Game four, second place. And then game five, he got sixth. And because of, of one eight. bad placement, he ends up second behind BSJ, who beats him by one point. And he had to win the fifth game overall, and he fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this it was really exciting for me to watch it too, because I could cheer <laughs> for everyone else. But Brian just ended up winning. So I mean that was a it was a great finish. Cause it was possible that 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 there would be no excitement for the end, right? So yeah, that's the silver lining was that I kind of got owned in the last game. Um, I didn't really feel like I did a bad strategy, but I think the other players just got better over over the course of the series, especially some that had been struggling a lot in the first games uh, started doing better and better. So it's a game where you can learn pretty quickly and pick up on stuff. Yep, so BSJ first, Cinder in second, and Purge, who filled in for Effie, who wasn't able to make it the last minute, got third. Oh, no, sorry, Sing Sing got third. Sing Sing they got were third. tied. They tied, right? But Sing Sing had more Gaben spells in the final game, so he actually ends up getting third. Uh, but yeah, great lineup, a lot of fun. And I'm glad the viewers seemed to like it. And then obviously after game five, we released the mod. Had some bugs, still have some bugs. Uh going to be a long day tomorrow of me first getting 12 hours of sleep and then figuring out what we need to do uh but yeah season one i guess i can kind of just wrap up real quickly what the seasons are going to be like season one's going to be slightly longer because we're at the end of september so it's going to be through october 31st but each season is going to have a theme and this first season is called gambler's revenge so we had a a title for our episode last, uh, our last episode was a gambler-based one. Which oh, was, yeah. Which we got a lot of comments, actually. Like, I actually clicked this because you, you guys baited me. Good job or whatever. This is semi-not a bait. I mean, the gambler, he gets his revenge on Ice Frog. So this is the lore, of course, for deleting him from Dota. So now he's in Ability Arena trying to get revenge. Right. Uh, so we have a battle pass, and if you level it up, uh, you can get, I think, level 40 is when Gambler becomes available to, to take. So, Can you level up the battle pass fully just by playing? Uh, I mean, part of... So, first of all, it's impossible for me to know stats because we can only test internally with a few people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every five levels, if you don't buy the battle pass, which is seven bucks, every five levels you get something free. And 
obviously right. we've put some really good stuff eventually. Uh, and Gambler is one of those, level 40. So that's uh, divisible by five, believe it or not. Uh, but yeah, so every season, right now I think there's seven free gods. One free god after seven days of playing you'll get uh, get for free. Then as you accumulate gold, you can buy chests with that gold to unlock some of the other uh, gods. So, All right. The first season is going to be kind of a, a test bed to see what people like, what they don't like. Uh, we've based a lot of the stuff on Atomic War, the way that they do monetization. So it's not like there's any pay to win. There's like, For example, there's two gods that you pay for with gold. It's a lot of gold mm -hmm. coins, to be fair. Uh, but they're not like, I wouldn't say they're OP at all. If anything, they had pretty low win rate in. Uh, right. But either way, like we'll be balancing stuff. Uh, we're in this for the, not to use an artifact term, the long haul. Um, and one more thing we also announced, and I don't even know if there's slots available, but uh, there's an ability arena tournament open to everybody next week, September 28th. It's going to be the same time, 21 CEST. If you go to abilityarena.com slash tournament, is it singular? Let's see. Tournaments, with plural. Uh, there's a season one tournament you can sign up. It's sponsored by Community Gaming. It's going to be for $1,000 with you know a bunch of in-game stuff as well. So it's just going to be one day of playing. Anybody can join up, but it is limited to a certain amount of people. I can't remember how much, but... I just looked <clears throat> it up. 128 maximum. And as of right now, there's 102 signed up. So oh, 26 boy. slots left, guys. So oh, get boy. them get them while you can. It's going to be a full bracket. I should have had them. So they asked me how many people we want in the tournament. And I'm like, just leave it unlimited. But then they're like, if you go over 128 or whatever it is, you're going to have to do it over two days. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about yeah. that. <laughs> that would be a pretty long bracket. Yeah. So we're going to stick with 120. You said 128? 128, it's <laughs> definitely going to fill. There is no way it doesn't. Yeah, so we're going to... I guess I'll put the link in the description either way. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> so Ability Arena finally out. A big... I mean, I'm still stressed because of, you know, things. some of the things aren't working as intended. But we're going to try to fix all that stuff in the coming weeks. Um, I think the way you're presenting it right now makes it sound like the game is ridden with bugs. It is really clean for launch. I will just say that. I've played a lot of games on launch... And all the core functionality worked with, I think, one exception that really bothered you, but did not bother me because you're an expert at the game. But for all of us that played for, I'm, it wasn't my first time playing, but I'd like maybe played like 10 games before the stream or whatever in total, maybe 15. For people with less experience, it's not that big of a deal. All the stuff that really matters ran really, really nicely. So honestly, well, there was one, I'm impressed with how well it launched. There was one major bug for the first like 30 minutes where everybody that was playing their first game ever could only pick Pudge. <laughs> yeah, okay. God. Well. Unfortunate, uh, you know, but we fixed it. So there's that. Yeah. And yeah, so hopefully you guys don't get annoyed with me coming out with uh, updates on the podcast every now and then whenever there's something I want to talk about but I'd rather listen to that than NBA so by well, all means it's gonna update, be, update away it's going to be both Cinder I'm sorry about that uh, <laughs> uh, I, but, I guess just a quick just a quick summary because I'm assuming some people will listen to this episode that haven't heard us talk about it before but essentially the map is a combination of ability draft and auto chess that's like the shortest possible way of explaining it so if you know those two game modes you will get it um 
inherently. You're basically, it's an auto battler, so you're not controlling the units. And um, what you are doing is between rounds, you have a certain economy where you have gold and you can buy upgrades uh, to spells. So you're buying spells to put on your heroes and then you're unlocking more heroes as the game goes on. And then it's about setting up your lineup so that you make like the most broken heroes possible with the spells that you're offered. Uh, and the spells have upgraded versions that don't exist in Dota. Um, so just to give you one example, if you have nine levels, which is the maximum in Whirling Death, you have, or sorry, in uh, Reactive Armor, you have 10% chance to cast Whirling Death when you get hit. Like stuff like that that uses Dota spells but takes them to the next level. Uh, and you're leveling up your heroes to try to make the most broken composition so you can beat everyone else. And then you have a set amount of like health um, that you run out of if you keep losing to other players. So the games take about half an hour. I think that's worth saying as well. Um, for yep. the most part, I think the average yesterday was about half an hour in our games. Um, yeah, roughly. So it's like a, it's way more consistent than Dota in terms of game length. So if you know, all right, I want to play something in Dota, I have about half an hour. Uh, your best bets are turbo or this, but sometimes turbo goes really long. I don't know what the longest game you've ever had in this mode was. I'm assuming it was less than 45 minutes. No, that's no way. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So about half an hour. I must say you are, really fun. you are exceptionally, this actually makes me a little depressed about my skills in life. You are exceptionally good at explaining this mode somehow better than me. And I've been working on it for a fucking year. I don't understand. You just summed up everything so eloquently, so concisely. Fuck you, Cinderin. I'll uh, I'll take a percentage and I'll advertise for you. All right. Next game we do, you can be the head of marketing. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can contribute. <laughs> All right. Let's move Ugh. on to uh, TI regional qualifiers. We got two to talk about, which is Eastern oh. Europe. Uh, did you watch this one, Cinderin? Uh, People I get watched... really triggered when I say this and we say no. Maybe I shouldn't say that anymore. I mean, I think it's just fair to say that watching literally everything in Dota, you're doing nothing else then. Because especially during these qualifier times, there's just so much going on. Uh, so it's hard to watch every game, you know, or every qualifier in depth. Usually what talent will do is that we'll watch the vast majority of the ones that we're involved in. Even then, you don't necessarily get to watch every game because, you know... There's a lot of things going on, but uh, some qualifiers you watch more than others. This was one of the ones I watched the least. Um, I, though I remember it, I watched at least, I think, two of the games of the Grand Finals and a couple of other games along the way. Um, but at the end of the day, the kind of the TLDR of this qualifier was Outsiders looked unstoppable, which I believe are now allowed to be called VP again. I don't know if we're talking about that later. Uh, is that confirmed that they're that. allowed to be called that, or did they I, just change I believe, it? I believe Valve has accepted it, at least. Uh, so officially, so just to give some background on this, so the reason Outsiders were called Outsiders and not Virtus Pro, if you guys missed it, was that the ownership of Virtus Pro uh, had close affiliations with Vladimir Putin, as far as I was aware. He was like a high-up oligarch in Russia. Uh, and because of that, with the international situation going on with the war in Ukraine, uh, the team was not allowed to, the players were not allowed to affiliate themselves with the organization in an official capacity. Uh, now, supposedly, what has happened is that the owner of Virtus Pro is selling the org to another investor that does not have those government ties. And because of that, the players should be allowed to. And now, this, like, 
you know, the speculation of, okay, what is like, is this actually, you know, just a facade or is it real? Uh, not going to speculate too much on that, but that's the official version, at least for now, is that what's happening. But back on track, Outsiders looked unstoppable. They won 2-0-2-0-2-0 in the upper bracket. Nobody looked close to them. And then Betboom picked up amazing steam in the lower bracket and fucking crushed them in the grand finals. It was a 3-0 stomp overall. Uh, very surprising uh, that it panned out like that. But I think we had one or two other regions where the lower bracket team won 3-0 as well. It was just the way that Betboom did it. Um, they got knocked down by Na'Vi in the upper bracket semis. And then they just got better and better every game, including beating Na'Vi 2-0 in the lower bracket finals. And that wasn't even close. Like, they were just so much better. So... Pretty crazy how fast you can adapt on the fly, right? This was within two days. They just went from looking like they didn't really have a shot at it to just stomping. Yeah. So pretty cool. Okay. So Betboom ends up winning. They're going to TI. Yeah. Outsiders, Outsiders and Navi, Navi last chance qualifier. Yep. That's right. Uh, Western Europe, which is the one that I got to watch a good amount of. I watched m quite a bit more of this one, yeah. So, boy, <laughs> let's start in the early bracket. Goon Squad mm -hmm. beats Nigma 2-1 in the first round. That's a yep. kind of a shocker, I would say. Uh, that kind of leaves Team Liquid to get to the upper bracket finals in a... I mean, I don't want to discount Goon Squad because I think they're good, but it gave them an easier road to the upper bracket finals. I think Nigma would have been a harder matchup for them as well. Yeah. Overall. So Entity... Ended up facing them after beating Team Secret in the upper semis. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's Team Liquid versus Entity. Entity 2-0. And Secret end up coming out of the lower bracket. They actually beat Nigma, which is a okay. It's a big deal in a couple scenario or a couple reasons here. Number one, it could be <clears throat> the end of Kuroki as a player. Nobody knows, obviously. But there felt like based on their reactions, man, I have something in my throat. Sorry about that. Cat hair. Uh, Got to cough up a hairball here. Oh. Uh, but it, it just <clears> felt <throat> like there was some finality to it, to their roster in some capacity. Yeah, they've it? missed two TIs in a row now, right? Yeah, in addition to that. So. And in addition to that, uh, Kuroki's been known to obviously be the guy that beats Puppy every single time, regardless of what team's, team he's on. But Secret win that series 2-1. Face into the breach, come back from behind, win that 2-1. Then they face Team Liquid in the lower bracket finals, 2-1 them. Then they face Entity again after getting 2-0'd. And well, what do you have here? 3-0 uh, Entity. They didn't lose a single game the entire tournament. They look to be... I don't know if you agree with this. Obviously, this is just the EU qualifier. They look like a top six team in the world. Like, they look... Even at the last major, they looked, in, and that's with a stand-in. They looked really good, and the fact that they're doing stuff that's like so much different than other teams, picking these mm -hmm. weird heroes, <clears throat> I have high hopes for them at TI. Yeah, they were they were clearly the best team in this tournament, and I'm not just saying that because they won the finals 3-0. It's like you look at how they win their games. I think, for the most part, ironically, Entity's hardest match was round one against Alliance. That was actually the hardest games they had. They went the longest, and they looked the closest overall. And I think after that, Entity learned something, and they just took that with them and improved it. Um, and the, the Grand Finals were not their hardest games. They flat out stomped Secret Game 1. Game 2 wasn't even close, and Game 3 was longer, but it still had Entity written all over it. So, like, 
just super impressed. I think for me, they're the biggest surprise overall of the year. I did not think they were going to be this good uh, in general. And that's really good for the game when you have surprise stories like this. <clears throat> I don't think anyone expected them to be this good. I don't know if they themselves expected to get like... to TI this year. Like Would you say hoping, it, but... it felt like Game and Gladiators from season one? Yeah, right. It did, and this is the perfect time to peak, right? Because mm -hmm. you just secured yourself a spot at TI as a. I don't know if I would go as far as to say they're a top six team in the world right now because EU qualifiers arguably does not have a lot of the best teams. Like it's easy to look at the names and be like, "Yo, you beat some big names, right? You beat Liquid, you beat Secret, you beat Nigma." But in reality, neither of those three teams are top eight in the world. So. Yeah. We need to see Entity more against the big boys. And we did see them on the last major do very well with a stand-in, like you said. Um, so maybe I'm still slightly underrating them. Uh, I think they have a good shot at top eight. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them top six or top four. But when it's on the biggest stage at TI, I wonder if they have what it takes to go all the way to the podium. I feel like that's like, it's going to be potentially a different beast. And I think, like you pointed out, they have their own strategies and their own way of playing, which is pretty, for the most part, I guess, compared to other teams, kind of telegraphed what they're doing. It's very unique, and they're super good at it. When you go up against the absolute best of the best that prepare for you really hard, I don't know if they can... This is the... It was the same that happened to Gaiman, right? They looked unbeatable at that major almost when they played their stuff, and then you go deep in the bracket, and mm. then teams start having your number, and then you kind of got rolled toward the end they got top four in that major which is a great result obviously and got them to ti um i feel like entity could be in the same boat but we'll see i mean super impressive either way i'm really happy for them um especially Stormstormer uh guy i played with him for a short time and he oh, just has like hmm. it was a very short stint with the team some years ago uh, he has grown a lot as a player he's got a lot of experience and just mechanically made massive improvements um so super happy for him. He just seems like a genuinely good dude, you know? And it's easy to cheer for good dudes. Um, also why I am happy with the SEA qualifier, which I don't think we covered. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Did we not? I don't think so. Oh, well, let's finish up on this. Secret, yeah. or Entity, go to TI. Secret and Liquid are at the last chance qualifier. And I have to mention it quickly. Cinder, a new low for Alliance. Uh, they... Obviously played Entity, tough matchup first round. They get 2-0'd, but yep. they look promising. And then they go to lower bracket, face off against Team Bald Reborn, Gork's team, which he has on our podcast stated they do not practice, and they win 2-1 against Alliance. That is yeah, very, very rough. Uh, just when you thought it couldn't get worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know how much worse it can get from here, though. It was, uh, yeah, it was not great. Shannon, now that I look at this, I feel like we've talked about Bet Boom beating outsiders. That qualifier ended on the seventh. Okay, yeah, that's. I think you left. Stop <laughs> Eastern Europe and SEA. Yeah. I was like, wait a second, was there? What's happening here? All right. So the reason just I want to in case you guys missed that episode, just recapping for you. <laughs> I've talked about that. Already. All right, so let's catch up on no, SEA because that's the one that definitely say, just ended. None of what you huh? said sounded familiar. <laughs> so right. either I mean, we, you, you, either we didn't talk about it, or I just wasn't listening, or both. I mean, it, it is possible we didn't cover it. I'm not going to rule it out, <laughs> but I do feel like I was like, this has happened quite a while ago. It's over two weeks ago, but um, but the new news in qualifiers is obviously like we just talked about Western Europe, 
Um, and then uh, as far as SEA goes, which also ended, uh, reason I'm saying it's easy to cheer for good dudes, you know I like KP a lot. Um, and he he grounded out in this qualifier to get there. The upper bracket went great for Talon, uh, who he's playing for, obviously. Uh, they got three two O's in the upper, so they went straight to the grand finals as the favorites. But then they got tested really hard by Polaris, who I don't think many teams or many people would have expected to go that deep in the qualifiers overall. I think the biggest favorites were probably Talon T1 and RSG, uh, with Polaris maybe as the fourth favorite. Uh, but they started crushing in the lowers, and um, that grand finals was a 3 2. Uh, for talent so they do clutch it out in the end undying picked all five games marcy picked all five games wow. um pretty funny to see that one-sided like supporting cast for a, for a finals there was like nobody banning them but um but yeah talent clutch it out happy for kp uh hope they do well at ti and this was a team that we talked about you remember when fly joined this team and we were like Hard to tell how well they're going to do. It's kind of a ragtag squad of really good players. Uh, they've swapped some around. I think they've really gelled lately um, and made it happen. So, Talon do get to go. Um, probably, if you want to compare them to Entity that we just talked about looking really hot in Europe, I think Talon probably does not look as good as them. But there's time to prepare for TI. And they're a team that could be like a dark horse to maybe get top 8, top 6. I feel like higher than that for Talon would be based on what we've seen from them, an over-accomplishment, but um, a good run from them in the qualifiers at the very least, and KP's back at TI. I think he has quite a lot of fans from TI7 when he got second with Newbie. So, mm. Good lad. So, in addition to that, uh, we should quickly talk about the drama that occurred in Western Europe. Right, so this is uh, a good thing. It was, was it the Secret Into the Breach series? Right? There were multiple series in a row, I think. <clears throat> but so, the one that was more in question, I think, was the secret into the breach, right? As wasn't it um, wasn't it one one between the two of them? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So essentially what happened was at some point during the European qualifiers, one of the days, the servers just started acting up really badly. So players would randomly get packet loss. And it wasn't reliable who got it. It wasn't everyone. It wasn't everyone at the same time. So teams were having like some weird disadvantages seemingly at random. Um, and the first series it happened with, I believe, or at least one of the series it happened with was with Goon Squad um, against... Let me just quickly look that up. It was Goon Squad against... Da, da, da. I think Goon Squad against Into the Breach, actually. Um, <clears throat> it started acting up. And that series was played out with a two to one for Into the Breach, like we talked about. They beat them to meet Secret later on, um, and they were dealing with the packet loss the way that they could, with like changing servers after the games and trying to blah 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 to to sort that out. Uh, and then we get to Secret versus Into the Breach, and the problems are persisting. And when that series was one one, uh, the third game got postponed and. Uh, a tweet from Limp is complaining here. Unlucky PGL don't respect Goon Squad as much as Secret, so we had to play through three games with packet loss while they get server change and postpone match. Um, so I think there's two things to unpack here. One is, first of all, if you're playing favorites as organizer in any aspect for your tournament, that is something I really frown upon. So if that's what happened, that 
should not happen and it fucking sucks. You don't play favorites, even if it's the fan favorite team, even if they're the biggest team. I understand it's easy to get tempted with that, but you're gonna you kind of have to try to treat the teams on the same level, right? And Goon Squad was one of the teams that had a, a decent shot at getting top three at least. Um, so regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, now, something you could say is when a problem like this occurs, uh, you don't know how long it's going to last for. You don't know. Uh, and you, you kind of have to run your tournament schedule along. Uh, so unfortunately if you're one of the first teams to experience this it's more likely that you truck through it because the tournament must go on whereas if you're the absolute last single game of the day and the problem still persists there is technically room in the schedule to push your last game to the next day and then uh you obviously are at a disadvantage that day because you have to play another game before you go into lowers as the winner um it's really not ideal and what I would have loved to see is when the server starting being unstable, I think it just postponed the whole tournament by a day. Uh, I think there was, because of the logistics of this event, I don't know if that was a possibility. It, when you can do that, that's the best thing. When you can't do it, it fucking sucks. Like, if you have rented an arena for a set amount of days, there's not much you can do, right? But this is an online qualifier, so technically pushing this by a day to sort out server issues was a possibility, I think. Don't know who makes the call on that one. Uh, but it, it's not easy to be in the position of someone like PGL in that position because you have to, you know, kind of like, all right, guys, the qualifiers have these set dates. We need to run the games. It fucking sucks that the servers suck. We're going to try to swap servers. We're going to try to solve it. Um, I don't know all the details here, but it's a tough spot. Uh, the perfect solution is for there not to be problems to begin with, but if they're there, you might want to move them. So essentially, Secret's third game versus Into the Breach got pushed to the next day, and Secret ended up winning that. Uh, and that does indeed look like you're playing favorites, right? Uh, mm. But I think it's worth keeping in mind that Secret was into the breach. The first two games were also played, right? It's not like they were like, oh, it's Secret's turn. The servers suck. Let's move the series to tomorrow, right? They were still you know trying any, to execute the series. Do you know any details as to what, like, if they were flip-flopping servers, if one team had a, like, better ping or anything like that? Like, was there a favorite server for, like, Secret, for example? I don't know exactly. I think the reason they tried to swap it around was that certain players that were suffering from loss were not suffering on the other one. But then I think other players got problems on that one. So it wasn't really like you, you didn't find an inherently completely fair environment for those two series, I believe. So it, it's, it's just a shitty situation for everyone involved. Uh, and I totally sympathize and I understand you feel super snubbed as one of the teams that lost. And then you see another team get a game postponed. I would like to think that if the tables were turned, so Secret played into the breach first and Goon Squad played the lower bracket semis, that the third game of Goon Squad against into the breach would have also been postponed. Maybe mm. I'm naive in thinking that, but um, I do feel like this was like... it doesn't To me, this didn't feel as much of playing favorites for the big team as I've seen in other tournaments in the past, but more like, all right, we've reached a point in the schedule now where... This shitty problem is still there. This is a really important game. And we can technically execute the tournament in the same amount of days by pushing this best of one to tomorrow. We could not have done that by pushing two best of threes to tomorrow, right? So you kind of you kind of look at the situation at hand. It's force majeure. You're doing what you can. Uh, it's not ideal, but... Um, Definitely a weird situation. sucks. And yeah, I, I can understand everybody's point of view. I don't... It's impossible yeah. to make a call on if somebody, if PGL is playing favorites or not without knowing mm -hmm. actual details because yeah. no question a team like Secret would have more 
sway and stuff like that than these other teams in the lower bracket, right? Other than Nigma. Mm -hmm. So I just no point in speculating if you don't have the firsthand information. Okay, so with that, let's talk about the last chance qualifiers briefly. So all yep. the teams going, Nouns, Wildcard from NA, Infamous, and Tempest from SA, Secret, Liquid from Western Europe, VP, like you said, now known as VP, Navi in Eastern Europe, Extreme Gaming and Vici Gaming from China, Polaris T1 SCA. So yep. these teams will be going to TI. They will be playing in a double elimination bracket after a group stage is a whole shebang yep. and only two teams will qualify to TI. Do you have two favorites? I have one favorite for sure, but we'll see how they do on land. But I think Extreme Gaming is my overall favorite. Um, obviously, they have really known players that have played on land, right? It's Lou, Paparazzi, Old Eleven, PYW, and DY. Um, I think China is the strongest region this year overall. Uh, and this team just barely didn't make the cut, but they looked amazing in China. So that makes me really hopeful for them. Um, so, yeah, they're my overall favorites. For second, I think, realistically speaking, there's a high chance that we get two Chinese teams, honestly. I think Vici Gaming also looks pretty solid. If anyone beats them out, Team Seeker is the kind of team that could pick up steam in the line environment like that and go for a good run. Uh, the other one that's I think is a potential candidate is T1. They have Ana and Thompson, obviously. We've talked about that in the previous episodes. They joined that roster. They looked very fresh. Uh, I think the team needs a bit of time to adapt to how Ana and Thompson play. Uh, despite that, still didn't look... They didn't look terrible in the qualifiers at all. They just weren't the best, but they were definitely a team that's on the up. Um... So I think those are my four favorites overall. Uh, but yeah, the two Chinese teams probably my my top two if you put me on the spot. Yeah. My heart is saying, well, I think you're right. At least one Chinese team is going to be there. And I yeah. can't, will we have a TI without Puppy? I, whew. I'm going to say secret. Yeah, that's true. That second team, man. I, so he's the last player that has played at every TI. Yeah. And now it's a matter of philosophy, whether you consider this qualifier or this last chance TI or not. I think even he would probably say no. Yeah, if you don't, then this is Puppy's chance to maintain that position. And even if he fails, he will not tie with Kuro because Kuro also lost. He's the mm -hmm. one player that has missed it once. Mm -hmm. So... He, I guess that he can be relieved that he stays ahead of Kuro. Yeah, I know true. those two have quite the rivalry. Not in like... I think personally they're good friends, but uh, they obviously have a professional rivalry. So um, I think it's, there's some pride there in staying ahead of the other guy. Um, so yeah. Should be very interesting to say the least. Uh, when is that exactly? October what? I believe it's 8th? October. It's yeah. 8th to... 12th, I think, yeah. So five days. This is a land in itself, and it's for two slots at TI. All 12 teams are flying out yeah. uh, to play this, I believe, from Singapore, right? I think so. Um, yep, everybody's going to be in Singapore. But yeah, this is, uh, is going to be a really fucking hype tournament. Um, and then the group stage will follow shortly after, obviously, uh, with the two extra teams that get added from this. Do you want to pick a dark horse that is not any of the four teams I mentioned? 
We pick uh, one each sure. that could get top two. I, I hate to be that guy. Mm -hmm. I love nouns, but N-A-S-A, no chance. Absolutely no it's chance. It's very low, I think. Yeah, I do think uh, so, too. So if I'm picking Extreme Gaming and Secret as my two, mm -hmm. picking a favorite like Vici isn't a dark horse, right? No, so let's let's say you can't pick Secret, Extreme, Vici, or T1 as your dark horse. You can pick anyone else. Okay, then uh, VP. All right. Um, right. I'm kind of leaning that way as well, but I could also say Polaris. I wouldn't... I wouldn't be surprised if they show up and look really good. So I'll pick Polaris as dark horse for this. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think NA and SA, very, very low chance of making top two here. Uh, Western Europe, pretty good chance with Secret. Team Liquid, questionable. Uh, they are looked they really good in the qualifier early on. but Are we still calling them Bright Donkeys? Or are they past that point? White Donkey? Bright Donkey um, makes more sense, though, because it's Dark Horse, Bright Donkey. Oh, that's true. Right. Bright Donkey. Or would it be Light Donkey? Light <laughs> and Dark. Not bright. I don't know. I mean, I I want all the best for Liquid. They're good guys, and they're you know they've had some really good results on individual players and historically on in certain tournaments, but they've just not looked good on land this year. And this is the highest stakes they're going to be playing for, right? So if they have been struggling under the pressure at other events, then is this really going to be any different? It would be an amazing story if it is. Like if Liquid qualify, I'm going to be so happy for them because they've overcome. It's always a special story when you overcome like some sort of pattern. It feels like such an immense yeah. relief when you finally like finally win a tournament after getting second five times in a row or you finally qualify for a major after you've been third in your region five times in a row or you know stuff like that. It's such a huge relief. I just don't think this is the one. Um, and yeah. the unfortunate thing about that is Mato has announced that this is his last TI. So, if he doesn't make it, he will go out on a low, right? Yeah. So that would suck. Um, speaking of retirements, Faith Beyond has also announced this is his last TI. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that <clears> one. Playing for wow. PSG LGD, probably still the overall favorites to win the whole thing once again. Let's see if this will be their year. How many um, times have LGD been the favorites going into TI? Three, four? I don't know. Four or five times. They've got second or third like five times, I think, at TI. They've, they're the most consistent org in terms of TI results, but they've never won. Yeah. So, um, is this the year? I hope for Faith Beyond. To me, he's one of the all-time greats of the game. I hope he gets a title at TI before he quits. Um, so if it's not this year, I hope he reconsiders and finds a way back in and finally wins at some point. Because to me, he's a total legend. I think that guy's absolutely incredible. Um, and he's not even one of the super old-school players, right? I think he wasn't that noticed until Wings. Um, why, why do you make it seem like wait? He, he why won. am I saying he this won would be TI? His Right. He has already won to you. <laughs> yeah, what am I saying? Like, am I he thinking of somebody else? Like, I, I literally lost to him in the yeah, finals. What am I saying? He's already won. I want him to win twice then. <laughs> I mean, I really do. Uh, so. Yeah, he's a legend, yeah. though. Wow, I can't believe I said he didn't win. Yeah, he has won. He is a, he's an incredible player. Um, and he is the player, the type of caliber of player that you would think could definitely win twice. And I guess he's not had that many. Like, how many attempts has he had? Has he played every TI since TI6? I don't think he has, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, so wings, he, got, he won TI6. He got second last year with LGD. So he's got a first and a second place, which is already pretty amazing, right? So may, maybe maybe he doesn't need it that much. But. <laughs> yeah, I 
think he's uh, doing just fine. Yeah, I, I think I undersold. I undersold his accomplishments actually, because yeah, he's yeah, he's good. I take it back, but it would still be cool to win. He seems like a good dude. So, all right, moving anyway. on. Uh, PA Persona came out officially. Cinderin. Uh, am I gonna yep. read this blurb about it? Hunted from birth, a figure who has lived in shadow chooses to hide no longer. Available now to all Battle Pass owners who reach level 296. <laughs> uh, the new Exile Unveiled Hero Persona for Phantom Assassin features an all-new model, animations, ability effects, and voice performers to fully realize his deadly destiny in the midst of battle. Raised in secret by outcast sisters of the Veiled Order, Asan, the Exile, has spent a lifetime in pursuit of a single purpose— to destroy the false prophet that his teachers blamed for the corruption of their once sacred faith. And while his guardians have been taken from him one by one by the blades of the veiled assassins, Asan is at last ready to step from the shadows to realize the dark dreams of his masters and ensure the tainted oracle's most feared prophecies come to deadly fruition. I don't know what any of that means, by the way, but Slacks, when he read it, became very excited that there's actual, quote-unquote, actual lore back oh. in the game. I just read Hassan, and I thought about Hassan from Twitch, and then I stopped thinking. So yeah. we react differently. That's fine. Good. So PA Persona, uh, I actually played a game with it since I did buy the, uh, the Void Arcana. It's fine. I, I feel like I would rather use the PA Arcana still. I don't know about you. Same. I I, I just I just demoed the it's, the it's, PA. It's fine. It's better than I thought it was going to be, to be sure. Yeah. So I think his animations on the dagger and on Blink Strike or Phantom Strike are really cool. I really like that. And he's very clearly very different from PA. The model also looks pretty nice. But his attack sound is just. I don't know, man. I I feel like that one needs an update. Like it, I, I didn't I notice anything bad. You kind of have to demo it yourself and realize, like, just, just it's kind of hard to explain, but it just doesn't sound like he's hitting with the weapon that he has. Mm. He has like this big glaive, like we've talked about in a previous episode, and it sounds like he's hitting with, like, what's he hitting with? Like, you take a piece of paper and you make it really dense, and then you hit with that. I, that's what it sounds like. I so, think I did see some complaints, not specifically. I mean, maybe it was in reference to that. I think it was specifically that. Actually. The sound the design, sound. like where's Valve sound designers at or something. The attack sound is just weird to me. But mm -hmm. I like a lot of the other parts. And like you said, it, I, I think overall it's pretty well executed. I just don't think the attack sound is good. So that's my gripe with it. But overall, it, it's definitely decent. And I, I mean, still personally, like you said, lean to the PR Arcana. Um, but... What are, all the, what are all the personas in game now? We have Pudge. PA, Pudge, Invoker. Oh, yeah. Invoker. Mirana, Dragon Knight. Is that it? Five? Am I forgetting any? Mm. Anti-Mage. Anti-Mage. chat. Anybody else? So six. Yeah. I would say this one is probably yeah. average six. at best. Does not blow me away. Among the others? Yeah, like Pudge is above average. I don't know if any of them blow me away, honestly. Like the two anime ones are what kind of whatever as well. Hmm. Actually, is there any I mean on the scale of all the personas, this might honestly, with aside from the attack <clears throat> sound, it might be the best one, to be honest. AMs might be my favorite if I had to pick one. 
I I think that's also one of the ones that changes the least, though, right? Like it does have the voice, and obviously it's it's the female animation to the male one. But aside from that, the overall like the animations and the stuff is pretty similar. I would say it's more of like like a model change. Mm. This one changes a bit more. Um, I just really I don't, I don't know. Most of the personas are actually quite underwhelming. Invoker, okay, Invoker. I don't play him. I know you hate the child. Uh, personally that voiced that one but uh <laughs> I, don't know, I say it like that. the invoker one is probably the best it's the biggest change i feel like yeah of all the personas, the invoker right? one's the biggest change i, I think guess. it's probably the best one but at the same time his spell effects are no different right so the pa has like new animations and stuff the invoker has does he have different spells at all isn't it just the orbs it might just be the orbs but i i still I think, think even without that you're turning into a little kid it's totally different yeah. So I, I would put that as number one on my list, but still. Uh, oh, Forge Spirits, maybe. Somebody's saying. That could be right. He does have custom forges? Okay. That was the one I was thinking was maybe different, but I couldn't remember. Um, anyway, moving yeah. from that to Decent. more cosmetics, the there are the International 2022 Team and Player Stickers. Yep. I don't want to read this whole blurb, Cinderin. Can you explain it's how a long this blurb. works? Yeah, so if you guys are familiar with CSGO, uh, the majors have uh, sticker capsules that come out and you can buy and open sticker capsules to get stickers that you can put on your guns uh, to showcase that you're a fan of a team or whatever. And some of the stickers are a lot rarer than others. There's like different qualities. There's a basic one, then there's a foil one, there's a golden one, there's a glitter one, like whatever. There's like different qualities. Similar to your sticker albums that you have or your Pokemon cards where some of them are rarer than others. Uh, they can be rare by default and then they have rarer, rare versions. And you can okay. collect a sticker album in the game. Um, you get some of these capsules through the battle pass. I think it's level 150 and 300. You get one on each. Uh, one of each kind on each, if I'm not wrong. Um, and there's like different types of capsules. So, um, yeah, I don't remember where you can put them. If it's only on your Dota profile or if you, you can't put them anywhere in the game, right? Correct me I, if I'm wrong. I think it this. shows up on the load. You know, when it loads up and you're the first person in front, it shows there. Okay. Yeah, so it can showcase in the loading screen. It showcases on your Steam profile when people click to check if you're a Smurf. Um, and I think that's it. It's not like you can't put it on like your effigy or on the towers and base or something, which I think would be a really cool way of integrating it and would probably make them sell a lot more if there was like a, an interactive way of putting them in the game. Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think you can stick them on a hero. People are saying, is that how visible is that in the game? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't noticed it in the games I've played. So, but you can put. A sticker on an actual hero in the game? Yeah. Okay, I need to Google this right now. Because if you, if you can do that, I take back what I said that it needs implementation, right? Because that's good if it's visible. If, it's this, if you can like tell what the sticker is and what quality it is and stuff, that's definitely very good. The reason I'm saying effigies and towers and bases is that they stand still and they're visible all the time, can somebody right? So link, they should be... Can somebody link it in chat if you... Can I, I'll put it on the screen. I have not seen that because I was. Okay, I'll just say maybe my thoughts. Maybe when they say you can put sticker that. on a hero, maybe it's in the pre. Maybe it's in your profile page as well that you can put it on your hero in the profile page. 
but not in game. No, no, no I, okay, yeah, people are saying it's showing. Okay, it's showing on the versus screen and on MVP. Okay, so not an actual gameplay. So then okay. I was right. I, yeah, never mind. I no. think it would never be mind. cool to have an implementation in the game where. Do you feel like it would be too intrusive if it was on effigies? I think that would be okay, right? If you could have it on one of the buildings in the base, you could yeah. have a staker of a player. Of course. Whatever. Yeah. I, I think that would be decent. But I okay, I'm hmm. gonna I'm going to explain my thought process here. I don't okay. I'm also kind of ignorant to how CS does things with cosmetics these days. Mm -hmm. I know that there's sprays. And their stickers make a lot of money, but yeah. their stuff is a lot more visible as well, right? Yes. Being able to view stuff, which is why sprays have not been very popular in Dota. Uh, I mean, even autographs, like, they don't really make very much money in general. Like, I can say that in the past. Like, the first mm -hmm. year they did it, it's kind of how the way things go. First year Valve does stuff, people can make a lot of money. Uh, like, voice lines, people made a lot of money. Not me, because yeah. my voice line was fucking garbage. Yours was... I'm sure you sold about the same as me. Very bad. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty <laughs> un, ungood yeah, compare, for what compare, it could have been. But uh, typically, I don't know, man. I, I don't understand the draw. I'm trying to try to. I'm trying to figure out like some sort of way to mirror what CS does, and I don't think that's even possible. That's the problem. And I could be one of these guys, and I've it's been. It's happened all the time sooner. I'm not interested in collecting Pokemon and all this stuff. It's the closest I ever came was to collecting basketball cards, which I stopped right. doing. I don't I don't really get it personally. If people like it, that's great. I, I feel like yeah. there wasn't a big positive reception to this though at all. Yeah, I think maybe this is like a testing round, you know, because it's an idea they have from CSGO. Uh I think if you're like a completionist, for example, if you like collecting stuff that relates to Dota history or whatever, or you just like finishing everything in the battle pass, etc. I believe this is tied to the battle pass. So you get like levels for collecting the player packs. Um, that is appealing to you. Um, and I think overall, like, like you said, maybe you're just not that much of a collector. I think a lot of people will actually enjoy this, uh, but... Like I said before, I really wish you implemented it in a way that made it visible in the game interface itself, because then I think it would be way more popular if you could showcase the cool shit that you have on a tower or on your hero itself, which I think would probably be the coolest thing, but also the most work, right? If you needed to implement this, you need to be able to put them on every single hero, every single cosmetic, and it needs to be visible. So that's kind of why like the TP effect is pretty clean because it's just like you TP in and then there's the team logo over it. Mm. I don't know if you could technically make that the sticker and you're TPing in with the pro player's face and like gold or whatever. <laughs> it's like maybe that's a bit weird though. So I'm sure Valve have brainstormed how to implement this and maybe they just haven't found the, the perfect way to put it in the game so they didn't. Maybe um, it's not possible to do either. Maybe yeah. there just is no good... I mean, that, that would be a shame, right? If there's no good way to do it because I feel like... The things we're saying, at least putting it on an effigy, I think is something, right? Mm. I think representation in the game itself has a lot of value to people when they buy stuff. It's like, imagine you buy cosmetics for a hero, but you can't put it on your hero. You can only put it on the MVP screen and on the load-in. It's like, nobody would buy that cosmetic, right? It's because it shows in the game that it's cool. So um, if we could have that for this, I think it would make them way better. But I, I, I still think... <clears throat> I still think you shouldn't underestimate how 
for a lot of people, it's meaningful and cool to collect stuff just for the sake of having it, for having participated and having these like stickers of the pro players supporting the teams. You know, um, I believe the split is even or something like that between the players and and Valve or whatever. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if that actually did they post that half? Yeah, fifty percent of the revenue supports the teams in the capsule, right? So I believe with that wording, it also doesn't matter what card you get if you buy the capsule that say six teams are in 50 percent is split evenly among all the six teams no matter what card you get I yeah think. I, it would so, make sense for yeah yeah otherwise. otherwise it's just rng right so um and some of the cards have very low value on the market some of them have pretty high uh and obviously the demand is highest in the beginning but yeah the, it's been like a lukewarm reception i would agree with that so we'll see maybe they implement something cooler later on to make it more appealing Yep, we'll see. Uh, all right, next thing is Twitch makes an announcement, which I will read. Yep. Gambling content on Twitch has been a big topic of discussion in the community and something we've been actively reviewing since our last policy update in this area. Today, we want to update you on our plans. While we prohibit sharing links or referral codes to all sites that include slots, roulette, or dice games, we've seen some people circumvent those rules and expose our community to potential harm. So we'll be making a policy update on the 18th to prohibit streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulette, or dice games that aren't licensed in either either in the U.S. or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protections. These sites will include Stake.com, Rollbit, Dualbits, Rubet. However, we may identify others as we move forward. We will continue to allow websites that focus on sports betting, fantasy sports, and poker. Your thoughts on that, Cinderman? Yeah, so I have a little bit more background on what actually prompted this because there was a huge outrage or a huge like motivation for some big streamers to speak out and that really pushed this. So effectively, uh, slot streams in particular have been pretty big on Twitch for quite a long time. I believe even in the last month, I saw a chart with the top 20 most viewed streams in um, in the Western audience. I think two of the top five were predominantly slot streams, uh, Trainwrecks and um, Rostein, I think, how you say it? Uh, Rostein, something like that. Um, and... They have been streaming it for quite a long time, and Twitch has allowed that. But what happened recently was it came to light that another Twitch streamer called Slicker had... He, he came out because like at some point when you're doing something like this, eventually it will leak. So effectively, what Slicker had done was that he had asked lots of different streamers and friends for money and lied to them about what he needed it for. And then he also started asking his community, his mods, people in his chat for help uh, with money. And what he was spending the money on was gambling off stream. He had a, like he was a he had a full on addiction, and he's saying that his intent was always to be able to pay people back. So it almost became this pyramid scheme where shit, I'm down money now. I'm gonna lend more money from other people so I can pay the first people back. Mm. But I'm gambling a portion because I hope I can make a big win so I can pay everyone off and be done with this shit. And that is so fucking dangerous that I don't even know where to begin. Gambling in that. In that extent, don't fucking do it, okay? Like, if you're gonna do it, know your limits, do it for fun, but don't fucking, don't ever go there. And that's why gambling is really dangerous, because when it becomes this kind of all-consuming addiction, then 
things can get really fucking scary. So effectively, it came to light because somebody like leaked that this was happening. They were like, all right, Slicker, uh, I borrowed Slicker money and he never paid me back. Anyone else? And then there were tons of fucking people coming forward saying, yeah, Slicker, I lent Slicker money. He never paid me back. He never paid me back, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of reached this spiral level where suddenly tons of people. And it's one thing that he had been borrowing money from, you know, like really rich streamers because also from their own perspective and their own wording it's not themselves that they feel really sorry for it's mainly the community members and his mods where you know they really like their streamer they've been a fan of him for a long time and they lend him money to them a thousand dollars might be more than a hundred k is to one of the big streamers right because they're loaded mm -hmm. yep. um so he just ex he basically exploited the goodwill of his community and i think that is that caused this whole movement where a lot of the big streamers, including Pokimane, uh, made a tweet like, let's ban gambling on Twitch. Uh, multiple people followed through. And Twitch moved pretty fast with this. I think the thing that happened with Slicker was really a catalyst. And this has kind of been looming under the surface for a long time where people are like, should this streaming be allowed, etc., etc. And now, effectively what this means, correct me if I'm wrong in my reading of this, this does not ban gambling on Twitch, but it bans unregulated gambling that yes. is not regulated or licensed in the US. Yes. So there will be other sites that you could still stream it on, but the big ones, such as, I think Stake was absolutely the biggest ones out of these, are these unregulated crypto casinos uh, that operate out of Cyprus or Malta that don't have any sort of license in the States mm. uh, and therefore have been in that gray area uh, and have appeared really, really shady for a long time. So that's gone by October 18th. Um, so some of the big slot streamers will either have to start streaming on regulated US sites or stream something else. Um, which, you know, for a lot of people, it's probably hard to feel sorry for them, right? Like, they've probably made a shitload of money out of the sponsorships from this, but I'm assuming for some of them, they've probably also spent a lot of money themselves. Um, I would like to think that they're being paid a lot of money from the sites, but that they're still gambling their own money, at least many of them. I don't know if all of them are. I'm not going to say whether they are or not mm. uh, as a fact, but if you do get these amazing, insanely big sponsorships, you can also afford to gamble for a lot of money on stream. So are these people now addicted? And now that they lose that big bag, are they going to get in trouble suddenly? Like, can they sustain what they're doing for fun anymore? Uh, we'll see, but... That is um, very interesting, by the way. I have yeah. zero things to... So this, it's interesting, though, because I don't keep up with any of this stuff. And we have a... It's kind of a fake topic. The last thing that we have... Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have a real topic after this, but I wrote down general streamer drum. I've seen that these yeah. big streamers are, like, all fighting against each other right now. And I'm not going to lie, Cinderin, I don't keep up with any of this stuff. I don't care at all. Literally not a fiber of my being gives a shit about what these literal hundred millionaire streamers are doing with their lives. But is this just curious? I guess there's a microcosm of me that is, or Mike, wait, what's the word? There's a microbe of me that is interested now. Is this okay. connected to this at all? Because I didn't know the backstory so... to why they suddenly banned certain gambling. Right, so... Okay, so I've been spending quite a bit of time reading You would. <laughs> um, not because I'm a drama fiend, honestly. I wouldn't say it's something I, like, thrive on or whatever, but this was a pretty big story. So what effectively happened in connection with this, these two things are not really related, but 
they came out around the same time, so they were kind of going in tandem with I what see. was happening with Slicker's scandal. Then there was another one, which is a streamer called Crazy Slick, who did, um, depending on your perspective, whether you want to call it sexual assault or sexual harassment, I personally would put it under assault, not in like the extreme degree, but definitely sexual assault. Um, and that had been covered up by other streamers uh, and had been like, the person that it happened to released a statement a year ago or two years ago or something like that, uh, that made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal. And she had been carrying around that weight ever since. And now finally the real story came out. Uh, and that had obviously the other streamers that had been covering it up or had been, you know, trying to spin it off in a different way, uh, got into a lot of shit. Uh, and then that all linked in with this it's not like it's the same thing, right? Because these two things are not directly related, but it is revolving around some of the same people because some of the same people uh, either covered it up or were in the friendship group that had to do with Slicker and with, with Crazy Slick. So it kind of revolves around the same people, even though it's two separate issues. Um, but yeah, so that also happened. Um, Interesting. And that, yeah, that just caused a lot of drama because people thought other Big streamers thought other big streamers didn't react correctly to it about, you know, believing in the victim first and foremost and treating it in the right way, uh, treating it seriously correctly. And then obviously about, all right, who is in this friendship group that covered it up? Like, who can you really trust? Who had access to the information? Like, whenever there's something about something being covered up, it's like, okay, but you're a pretty big friend of this guy who knew everything. Did you really not know anything? And... Mm. Etc. You get the idea. Um, so that was also a really, really big deal. Uh, it if sounds I hear, like there's if I hear even a little sort... bit about something going on with streamers, it's huge. And this seems pretty huge because I don't. It was yeah, a real. It's really fucking it. big because it's multi. Basically, all of the really, really big streamers were involved in some sort of capacity. Oh, not all of them, but you know, a lot of them. Like mm. you had streamers involved or talking about this. I'm not saying they were involved in the problem. I'm just saying the ones that were involved in the discussion and took part in it were not limited to Hassan, uh, Trainwrecks, XQC, Pokimane, Mizkif. Uh, you know, like kind of all the like grandest streamers of NA pretty much were in some way related to this drama. So that just made it an absolutely huge thing. Um, and without knowing everything and the total conclusion of it, I would say it sounds like from what I've gathered, most of the people that were not involved in the shit that happened, the bad stuff that happened have kind of reach some sort of consensus, especially by talking to the victim and having her on stream explaining everything and giving her perspective on the situation, which is really cool to see. I really commend that, by the way. That's a fucking hard thing to do. Um, and she was very eloquent and very good at explaining the problems with this, like how it's ha what it's done for her, like what the, you know, how it's affected her personal life and everything uh, was really, uh, really inspiring how she went and told her story. Um, and yeah, overall, the yeah, I, I think overall this has been really important that it came forward and that it got all the attention that it did. Because I would like to think that whenever there's a scandal like this and it gets, you know, presented and really influential people treat it in the right way and come to good conclusions in the end, I would like to think that makes a positive change in the world, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a fuckload of people that watch this. 
and sexual assault is no joke. You know, we've also been touched by it in the Dota scene. We've treated, we've handled our own cases and treated that, right? Um, so it's, it's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. So that was the other thing. That was a lot of talk about wow. stuff you don't have any relation to. No, it, it's, I mean, yeah. it's good for me to be a little bit more informed about this. Uh, but yeah, like I said, if, so I, if I hear an inkling. TLDR, then... one gambling case and one sexual assault case. And they happened around the same time. And, and they blew up really because resources. it involves many streamers. Really big people. Yeah. Yeah. And Twitch. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's do our last topic of today. Uh, I want to talk about NVIDIA real quick, Cinderin. So first yep. and foremost, EVGA. I've been using GeForce cards for 20-plus years, probably. And I have only, as of the last maybe 15 years, only purchased N or EVGA cards. So NVIDIA right. comes out with their chips, and then they uh, allow third parties to do whatever the hell they want with certain, you know, restrictions in place to sell their own versions and obviously they will keep a cut and then nvidia started actually coming out with their own version the founders edition mm -hmm. uh, but basically evga is splitting away from nvidia they also do like power supplies and motherboards and stuff like that but the graphics cards are genuinely they have to be their biggest market for themselves right uh, they claim that Working with NVIDIA is impossible, essentially. Uh, I watched a couple videos about this. The reason I, I care about this is because, I, like I said, I've only purchased EVGA cards because their warranty is second to none. Their support is second to none. I've been pretty lucky that my cards don't haven't died. I think maybe one had some issues. It wasn't dead, but it had some issues. And instantly, mm -hmm. like, you know when they say, when you purchase something, like, would you like the extended warranty on this, sir? It's mm -hmm. almost always a scam, except for EVGA. The <laughs> fucking best. Like, I got a, I have a 2080 Ti here, and I purchased the longest warranty possible because it's just that good of support. So right. they're gone now. Uh, apparently. So what are they going to do? Are they going to make their own cards? That's the big question mark. Uh, I okay. mean, people were assuming that they would maybe go to AMD and do right. cards for them, which. Honestly, that would be fucking spicy, actually. It There's would such be. a big rivalry between these yeah. graphics cards. So I think mm. I, I'm not the best person to talk to. I talk to JJ occasionally, but like when it comes to Intel versus uh for CPUs, Intel versus mm -hmm. AMD, it's relatively close. I think AMD might be winning right now a little bit, but now the new ones are coming out, so Intel might have a slight edge. It's close enough to call it relatively even. Bang for the buck, okay. you can make different cases. But nvidia versus amd in terms of the graphics card to my knowledge is not that close yeah nvidia has a majority share right yeah but i would i would yeah. genuinely look into it more if evga does that but who knows what they're doing they're not happy or they weren't happy with the restrictions that nvidia continued to put on them um so that makes me sad uh very sad but in addition to that the as my cat is very much wanting some attention uh, the 4090 and 4080 were announced, Cinderin. Yeah. Uh, they will be coming. Can you tell me the dates? <laughs> uh, uh, the 4090 is $1,600 coming out on October 12th. Okay. And I'm not sure what the price for the 4080 is. Uh, 899 $899. Okay. Yeah. So, so about half. 
Yeah, and I'm again, I'm not the best person to talk to about this, but the, the these cards are a big deal in the fact that apparently because of changes with oh God, I'm gonna sound like such a moron. Something with Ethereum and mining coins, bitcoins, or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck, like car graphics cards will not have shortages. They will not have price issues. Things have been settled down versus where they've been before, is what I've been told again. Right. I don't know everything. But that's so from what I've heard, I can give a little more perspective on that maybe while still sounding like an idiot because I also <laughs> know very little about it. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thank you. From, from what I've heard, we've reached a point now with mining where I don't remember if it was actually JJ that tweeted this, but I think I saw a tweet where effectively nothing is worth mining anymore for the energy that it costs. Hmm. Uh, and I think I don't know how much that's related to the you know the whole global situation with not just card shortages or whatever, but also uh, you know the prices for the resource that you use, right? Electricity, like everything, obviously ties together. It's like the value of the coin versus the price of mining it at this point is not a good business decision. So all of these mining platforms right now or mining farms are probably running at a negative if they're farming, right? So then they just don't because you can just. Guess what? You can just switch it off and the computers don't have any contracts, so they can just stop working instantly. Hmm. Um, that, that's my understanding of it, is that mining is so uh, is not profitable right now. And I cannot tell you whether that's a good or a bad thing in general for crypto or for blah, blah, blah. I don't understand the economy of that nearly enough to make a statement on that, but um, that would explain why it's not appealing uh, for... Uh, or why there won't be an expected shortages on, shortage on the cards. Which is nice, right? That's a good thing. The consumers that want to use them for computers will get them. Uh, but for the future of crypto, I don't know what it means right now, actually, what's happening. If it's going to like really get fucked, or yeah. if it already did. I am not in that sphere. I'm not invested in it, because I consider it like really intransparent and very like hard to navigate. <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess I'm lucky for not being in that right now, even though everything else is also going to shit. But I think crypto is going to shit or shit than other things are. So that's my understanding. Anyway. That's a great, very eloquent way to put it, Cinder. And thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is the news for the week. In case you're wondering, uh, this is my cat. His name is Bucket. Uh, he is a... Oh, hi, he's, Bucket. He's a Scottish fold. And you might notice that I'm doing something a little weird on camera. He is gonna spank him now. No, he doesn't like to be spanked. It's oh. only monkey. But oh. uh, she actually has a spank station that she will not go to bed until we spank her on the spank station. Not joking, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I'm doing something weird to him because apparently he just loves. He's a Scottish fold, so they have like messed up cartilage in their ears. Right? That gives them the very cute look. He loves squeezing his ears. He loves me squeezing his ears cats man they're the best okay yeah you uh, can't wait for nikki to go somewhere so you can be alone with dude, these two he doesn't he doesn't do this to me he doesn't come and cuddle it's unfair he just likes he likes women i can understand that i guess but that's relatable i guess he he likes both to some degree if, if i'm the only one left all right thanks for watching everybody until next time oh suns fan cinder and signing out have a good one Bye. We say Subscribe and play Ability Arena. But thanks for listening.